Joining us today on Dialogos Radio in the Dialogos interview series is Nikos Logothetis, former board member of the Greek statistical authority Elstat, who will speak with us today about the background and current status of the well-known case regarding the augmentation of Greece's deficit figures, which provided the impetus to impose austerity politics in Greece. Mr. Logothetis, welcome back to our program. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Navaradakis. Um, nice to hear from you. Let's begin with a discussion about Andreas Georgiou, the embattled former president of Elstat, who oversaw the augmentation of the Greek deficit. Describe for us Georgiou's background prior to taking on the role of president of Elstat. Was Georgiou even a statistician? No, he wasn't. Um, the operation of the Hellenic Statistical Authority, Elstat, Okay, as a continuation of the initial national statistical service, as we called it, um, officially began in late June of uh, 2010. This was the time that the members of Allstat's management board were selected and approved by the conference of the parliament presidents with a vote majority of uh, four-fifths. Uh, Georgiou has been working in the IMF, in the Russian Monetary Fund, since the late 80s, 1980s. Um, For a few years before he came to Greece, he was deputy head of division, of a division, actually, of of the IMF statistics department, the financial institution division. However, the the Ministry of Finance announced uh, the appointment of Felstad's board of directors through a press release to all Greek newspapers presented uh, he, uh, in that uh, in that press release he presented Georgiou as deputy head of the entire IMF statistics department a very big uh, department in, in IMF a very important one thus uh, hiding his actual organizational position in the IMF an economic uh, nature position rather than statistical nature position. Uh, and all this in a subordinate uh, division of the statistics department. Obviously, uh, the, the objective uh, of the Minister of Finance then was to present him as an experienced statistician with a significant management position at the IMF. Um, who supposedly left America and came here to save Greece by putting in order all its statistics. In fact, this gentleman was not only unable to run an important institution such as Elstad with over a thousand employees, uh, but he wasn't even a statistician with no academic publications and no knowledge of statistics. Uh, Moreover, for at least... um, Six months after uh, assuming uh, the Elstat uh, presidency, Georgiou still held his organizational position at the IMF, um, something that was explicitly forbidden by Elstat's founding law, 3832 of uh, 2010. That was explicitly forbidden. We are on the air with Nikos Logothetis, former board member of the Greek statistical authority Elstat, here on the Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos interview series. 
What were the actions which were undertaken by Yoriyu as president of Elstat? In other words, how were the Greek deficit and debt figures manipulated, and in what other ways were Greece's official economic figures altered? First of all, Yoriyu's uh, uh, um, uh, first moves were to remove from the other members of the board any ability and initiative to propose discussion topics uh, or to be involved in the calculation of a deficit and debt. Um, they were forbidden even to communicate with the remaining staff of Velstat. This behavior of Georgiou was not only due to his inability to act as a manager, but also to the fact that uh, he understood from the very beginning, even from the second meeting of the board in September 2010, our refusal to adopt the deficit and debt calculation procedures he wanted to follow. Uh, and he knew that eventually the majority of the board members would not approve the deficit uh, figures, uh, his deficit figures, okay, due to, uh, to be uh, officially published before the end of October of 2010. Uh, shortly afterwards, after the last meeting of the board in early October, that was the last meeting of the uh, meeting of, of, of the board in early October 2010. Um, uh, the final silencing of the whole uh, board followed, and we were never convinced again, uh, thus leaving the way free for your you, uh, always under the auspices of senior Eurostat executives, uh, on um, the one hand to change the founding law, as he always wanted, he always wanted to turn our stat into one-person authority. And on the other hand, to inflate the 2009 figures with anything moving. Exactly how he did this, uh, we, it became clear later, but uh, <clears throat> we had subsect, uh, suspected soon enough what he was going to do. My first disagreement with him was uh, when I realized he would add on the deficit uh, 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 figures the uh, and the national and on the national debt uh, um, of of Greece uh, the Simitis swaps that is the swaps that Simitis uh, had made use of in uh, 2001 in order for Greece to get uh, accepted to be accepted in the eurozone. Um, allow me here, Mr. Nevradakis, uh, you on mind to briefly explain what these swaps are, as they indicate clearly an activity representative of the statistical mishandlings that had always been uh, being used and uh, are still taking place in our country. Every time the government's leaders want to achieve something that uh, aims uh, uh, in communication or financial benefits for themselves or for third parties. Uh, swaps are a type of a bond, a banking derivative, or simply a stock exchange bet. Uh, it's a bet uh, of currencies exchange. Uh, many countries or people who have a personal debt do it uh, after uh, after having a loan. Okay, let's uh, for example, even now they are doing it, converting their existing debt into currencies of other countries. Uh, say, in uh, Swiss franc or in Japanese yen, um, betting that the value of that currency will rise, and uh, at the maturity of this bet, the owner will gain from the difference in the value of currency. Uh, 
in a way, what happened at that time was that uh, much of Greece's debt was converted into yen, but uh, at a price that uh, the yen had in 1995, which was higher than that in of uh, 2001. Uh, remember, the, the, the swaps were made in, in, uh, in 2001, but the price that had the yen of 1995 was that the one that was used for this swap. Um, I put a big question here, a question mark here, okay, because I don't know how legitimate this was to consider that is a, as valid an exchange value for the yen for six years ago. But anyway, this was what happened. And from this action, we were theoretically winning an amount of 2.8 billion euros, which again theoretically reduced our debt by this amount and also the annual deficit below 3%, thus uh, meeting the requirement of the uh, Maastricht Treaty for our entry into the Eurozone. Um, but let's, let's, uh, let us not forget, however, that this was a bet, okay, let's say stock exchange bond with a starting and a maturity date. Um, uh, at its expiration time was in 30 years. And at that time, there was no European regulation that could apply in order to cash in this swap before its maturity. Uh, and as a result, your debt go up or down, okay? But however, Mr. Randemacher, the general the director of Eurostat, the statistical authority of Europe, at the time of ERU, decides only for Greece and only for that time and while um, the value of yen had collapsed, that this swap value to be included in our uh, total debt, thus uh, raising our national debt by 21 billion um, because of the losses of the yen, you know? This was the loss incurred by the collapse of the yen at that time. Uh, so we found ourselves with an additional uh, fiscal debt of uh, 21 billion euros. Uh, now, Rademacher's additional act was to instruct EU to divide this amount by four and include uh, what uh, uh, came out of it, out of division by four, in the deficits of the years 2001, 2008, 7, and 6. So eventually, for 2001 and all the three previous years, we found ourselves with an additional deficit of about 5.5 billion. Um, but uh, I'm pointing out again that uh, swaps uh, should not be used in any way before their maturity in order to influence negatively or positively the then fiscal debt, okay, let alone the yearly deficit. Um, another uh, illegal swellings of the oh, now in deficit made by your EU include um, the, the, the inclusion of uh, 3.6 billion hospital costs that were not even approved by the Court of Auditors. The Court of Auditors is one of the three institutions of Greek justice, uh, uh, along with the Supreme Court and the Council of State. Uh, and anyway, that uh, was not approved by the Court of Auditors. Uh, this cost, as it turned out later, no one committed and no one was paid for them. Um, and finally, the major swelling of the budget deficit was uh, 
emerged by an overnight inclusion of the deficits of 17 public utilities, violating many Eurostat criteria and rules. Uh, that alone added um, 18.2 billion, equivalent to 20 billion dollars, to the fiscal debt of Greece. And as a result of all the above, Greece uh, ended up with a huge deficit of, uh, for uh, 2009, uh, year for the year of 2009, of uh, 36 billion, or equivalently. 15.4% uh, as a percentage of the gross domestic product, which um, what happened with that? This legitimated the first memorandum, paved the way for the second and worst memorandum, and uh, justified the imposition of uh, these uh, cumbersome austerity measures, uh, such as uh, pension cuts and tax increases, huge tax increases, uh, measures we're still suffering today. Dominique Strauss-Kahn himself, the former president of the International Monetary Fund, has gone on the record as saying that he met with George Papandreou to discuss an IMF so-called bailout of Greece in April 2009. This was several months before Papandreou was elected as prime minister of Greece, and at a time when Papandreou was saying while campaigning that plenty of money existed to fund the social program he was promising to Greek voters. Do you believe that the economic crisis in Greece was perhaps preordained or preplanned? Um, yes, I do. In my opinion, joining these um, this medieval memoranda that have brought about uh, this economic crisis that Greece is still experiencing uh, was beyond any doubt preplanned and predetermined. And this arises not only from uh, Strauss-Kahn's own um, admission in, an, I think, a TV interview uh, that the IMF has been preparing every detail for this with the Papandreou government since November 2009. Uh, it also arises for the many reasons that uh, subsequently became known, uh, for which Greece was chosen by the designers of this uh, you know, of the, of the future of Europe, I would say, uh, to become the guinea pig and the example to be avoided uh, in the context of a new economic policy for uh, handling the member countries with uh, fiscal problems. Uh, indeed, the policy of uh, the memoranda gave uh, the opportunity not only to the IMF to put a foot in Europe, until then its activities always uh, uh, was with uh, with devastating consequences, uh, but they were limited to developing countries in Africa and Latin America. Anyway, um, they got a, a foot, they put a foot in Europe, uh, took that opportunity, uh, but also gave the opportunity, this thing, the, and the, uh, to the French get, uh, German banks to get rid of their so-called toxic bonds that were loaded onto the Greek people by turning a private debt into a state debt. Um, in order to achieve all this, of course, they had to plant uh, um, the, the appropriate person in Elstat uh, at the time when certain statistical adjustments were required in order to support their um, uh, treacherous plan. Um, where did this lead eventually? 
to the consolidation and time extension of Greek state bankruptcy. We are speaking with Nikos Logothetis, former board member of the Greek statistical authority Elstat, here on Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos interview series. From what I understand, Andreas Yoriu is no longer in Greece, despite the fact that various legal cases and judicial decisions are outstanding against him. Where does Yoriu find himself today, and what is he presently involved with? Um, he's away, because he knows what he's faced with, uh, um, with trials and legal cases. So Yoriu is currently in his comfortable villa at the Maryland district of USA. Um, he left Greece in the summer of 2015 one month before the end of his five-year term as Elstad chairman. Uh, coincidentally, this was shortly after his call from the House of Parliament uh, to testify in the examination committee that had uh, been formed at that time to investigate the reasons for our accession to the first memorandum. Uh, he never came to the examining room, pretending to be in the hospital with pneumonia. Uh, who on earth had ever heard of a pneumonia case in the middle of a Greek summer? But anyway, uh, immediately after this, after his discharge from the hospital, he, he left for America. I repeat, one month before the end of his term and without requesting a renewal of the presidency position for another five years. He could do that, but he didn't. Apparently, having realized that uh, he could not have avoided uh, the imminent court hearing about the prosecutions for breach of duty and for the felony of inflating the deficit figures, which in the legal language is expressed as a felony of false certification at the expense of the state together with uh, the aggravating order for public, for public abusers. Uh, very impressive uh, phrase, legal phrase. Uh, this is a law category that essentially leads to life imprisonment. Um, I presume that uh, this time he's um, um, engaged uh, in preparing his defense through statements lodged by his lawyers in Greece with him uh, missing um, and being absent in every trial that is taking place about him. A few months ago, Andreas Yorgiu was found guilty by the Greek justice system. What were the charges for which Yorgiu was convicted and sentenced? Okay, there are two convictions he had this year. Uh, in March, Yorgiu, um, in, um, uh, in a criminal, not yet civil court, uh, was convicted irrevocably for uh, libel. Um, for written defamation, and he was given one year imprisonment with uh, three years suspension. Um, at the first instance uh, of um, uh, the verdict um, of, of that verdict, okay, uh, he 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 appealed through his lawyers, but uh, the penal court of appeals condemned your you again, giving him the same sentence as in the first instance. Uh, your year's crime was that um, an Elstad news release, in an official Elstad news release, uh, your year accused uh, Dr. Nicholas Stroblos uh, of being a statistical swindler, obviously trying to divert guilt from 
you know, from him for statistical fraud, uh, to Stroblus. Um, I'm, I'm pointing out here that Dr. Stroblus is the former director of the National Accounts Department uh, of Elstat, uh, whom ERU was, uh, has uh, legally replaced with one of his now co-defendants. Uh, consequently, Dr. Stroblos sued him uh, in both criminal and civil courts uh, for this. And um, apart from the one-year imprisonment the conviction, the conviction uh, by the criminal court, the civil court fined uh, your you with uh, 10,000 euros for false uh, character, character damages. Um, his most recent conviction is concerned with one of the three accusations included in the prosecution for breach of duty. The first accusation was related to the fact that uh, he was in parallel for several months, from July to November 2010, as head of the authority in Greece, but also as an employee of the IMF. A duplication of employment uh, explicitly prohibited by Elstad's founding law, uh, uh, 3832, uh, demanding him, the law demanded uh, him to work exclusively and with full employment in the Elstad board. Um, in, in this way, he, um, he, Georgiou, deluded the Greek parliament about his ongoing post with IMF, uh, not that uh, IMF is one of uh, the lenders of Greece, uh, while at the same time he had accepted the post of the chair for Elstad board. Uh, he would not have been selected as Elstad president, not even as a simple member of the board, had the barman known about his double post. Um, the second accusation uh, was concerned with the fact that he did not convene the Elstad board for a whole year, violating the law which required conventions at least once a month, uh, while the third uh, accusation, and the most important of all three, was concerned with the fact that uh, the decision to endorse the revised figures for 2009 deficit was taken only by him without the agreement of the other members of the board, which had been selected, I remind you, and approved exactly for this purpose, exactly for this purpose, by the conference of the parliament of presidents, uh, for the of the parliament presidents, with a majority of four fifths. Um, the accusation for which he was, um, you know, for the, this accusation, he was convicted uh, uh, in the context of the breach of duty. And this had to do with uh, the publication, okay, of deficit, uh, deficit figures without our approval, uh, as required by law. Georgiou appealed to the Supreme Court for this conviction, and we are waiting to see what happens, what, what the Supreme Court will, will say about it. However, he was acquitted for the accusation that he did not convene the Elstad board. Although this is uh, uh, intimately um, interconnected with the non-convergence of the board for the approval of the data for which he was convicted. So we ended up with an oxymoron situation here. Um, he was uh, also acquitted uh, of the charge that uh, while he was a member of the IMF, that is to say a servant of uh, the lender, um, 
He was also a chairman of Elstat, that is a servant of the borer. Uh, something that is inconceivable worldwide and yet happened in today's occupied and economically enslaved Greece. Naturally, the people who were present in the courtroom were annoyed and protested for these uh, uh, acquittals, but um, when he heard uh, um, that uh, the announcement, when, he heard, when they heard the announcement uh, of uh, the third charge, um, they were uh, relieved, of course. Um, and for this charge, he was sentenced to two years imprisonment with a three-year suspension, without being, of course, granted any mitigation. Um, I, together with Ms. Yorganda, filed an objection against the court judgment uh, for this, you know, for, for innocence of this uh, uh, accusation, two, for the two accusations that he was acquitted. And we expect the Supreme Court's decision whether or not your you will go to a new trial for these two accusations. Um, um, okay, that means that at the moment these judgments, the two acquittal judgments, uh, cannot be considered uh, irrevocable. Um, but it's true that the most uh, important accusation for which uh, your EU desperately wanted to be acquitted was uh, the one for which he got convicted. Indeed, the fact that uh, your EU published and, uh, the inflated elements of the deficit without approval uh, by the Elstad board does not only prove his guilt for the second accusation of not convening the board, as uh, he should. Uh, but it also implies a deception because he knew that uh, his uh, swollen deficit figures would never be accepted by the majority of the board members and that this disagreement would sooner or later become public and reveal the, the irregularities uh, that he used uh, uh, with the help of Eurostat itself, okay, thus resulting in the failure of the um, of the whole plan to legitimize the first memorandum and to impose the uh, onerous austerity measures uh, we're having. And that was not acceptable, of course, and they have to, to use him. Following the guilty verdicts against Andreas Yorgiu this past spring, a barrage of positive coverage and PR in favor of Yorgiu appeared in the Greek and international media, including Bloomberg, the Washington Post, and Politico. We also heard numerous statements of support from major political figures in Greece, the European Union, and elsewhere. These statements criticized the supposed lack of independence of the Greek justice system in the verdicts against Yoriyu. How would you describe or characterize Yoriyu's network of support within and outside of Greece and these arguments made in his favor? Um, yes, indeed, various uh, misleading um, statements have been heard and uh, continue to be heard in support of Yoriyu trying to sanctify him, to elevate him as a serious personality uh, and as an honest scientist. And all this in order to justify everything he legally did as a start president. Um, all that said are myths uh, circulated by those uh, domestic and foreign supporters uh, of your you who are desperate in succeeding that uh, the case is not brought to the court of justice 
this this major uh, case for the major se- uh, case of uh, the swelling of the of the of the deficit figures. Uh, but this also proves their own guilt in the matter. Um, if they really believe that your you is innocent and that uh, we are the slanderers and the liars, why don't they let the Greek justice uh, do the job and then prove his presumed innocence in a court hearing. Uh, I would even expect Yoir himself to be the first who would uh, grab this opportunity to be redeemed. Uh, but uh, this fierce effort of all his supporters to prevent the case being brought to trial reveals their panic as well as their guilt. Because they know very well that in the forthcoming court hearing, all the evidence will be revealed, uh, proving that Greece has suffered the greatest national betrayal since the time of the Hermopylae treason. Um, their own participation in the betrayal will also be revealed. Um, indeed, the, the guilty core of uh, this support network, as you call it, includes primarily Eurostat whose senior staff advised EU on how to inflate the 2009 deficit and also how to change Elstat's founding law, statistical law, in order to neutralize the rest of the board. Imagine, therefore, what impact would uh, your EU's uh, conviction would have on the Eurostat's image, uh, whose political chief is Commission, okay, Brussels. Uh, that is one-third of the Troika, uh, whatever that implies, of course, for many uh, high-ranking political figures in the European Union and beyond. So one can clearly understand why high-level managers from Eurostat and major political figures from uh, EU itself are continuing um, in uh, building a wall of protection and support for your EU in the hope that the government and the Supreme Court of Greece will believe all these myths they are promoting, uh, the most usual of which, um, uh, if you're patient enough, I can explain uh, um, that they are the following. Um, first means they say that uh, in recent years, your you was acquitted many times, but the prosecutions against him continue. That's what they say. Okay, that's the, the first myth. The supporters of your EU claim again and again that your EU was acquitted. That is not, uh, you know, it's not true. The, the acquittal may occur only uh, and only after the uh, an, uh, irrevocable final adjustment uh, in a court trial or even after an exonerating court order uh, accepted by the Supreme Court. Until now, all the rulings uh, arising from your U um, um, uh, for your U, okay, were appealed against by the Supreme Court, uh, whereas he's not acquitted uh, irrevocably for any trial um, or for any verdict of, uh, of uh, uh, that they, that he had against him. On the contrary, he has had an irrevocable conviction for defamation, as I said before, and the conviction for one of the three accusations for breach of duty, for which the Supreme Court's decision is awaited 
whether uh, or not uh, it will become irrevocable. But the other two accusations for breach of duty that he has been acquitted, as I have already said, uh, for these uh, we have filed a complaint and uh, they cannot therefore be considered as irrevocable or um, uh, or something that uh, can be considered as uh, um, uh, as um, um, is something that uh, he can get away with it, okay? So it's not surprising that uh, prosecutions against him still continue. Um, so it's a myth when they say that uh, he was acquitted many times. Uh, nothing happened so far. Uh, the second myth um, goes uh, like follows. Your you took over uh, the presidency of start after the first memorandum. He cannot, therefore, be regarded responsible for the memorandum and the economic crisis that followed. Well, indeed, uh, when your year to co-action uh, in Elstad, in we were already under the first memorandum. Okay. If you remember, our entry in the first memorandum was announced by Mr. George Papadreou with his speech in Castellorizo in April 2010. Uh, and the reason for this was allegedly the high level of the 2009 deficit, which was put by Papadreou at 13.6% of uh, GDP, the gross uh, domestic product. product. That's equivalent to about 30 billion euros. However, this was not the real deficit, but the prediction of Papandreou, prediction uh, of what it would be after all the relevant calculations were to take place. And Papandreou did not have the right to take such an important decision that would affect so much the Greek society based only on a prediction that had not even been approved by the Court of Auditors. We would be, we would be the ones, as all starts management board, to supervise these calculations of the actual deficit, to approve it and publish it in October 2010, six months later. Actually, uh, if we were given the opportunity to do that and find these deficit figures to be less than 10%, we could be able to denounce the first memorandum and cancel it. And, of course, the rest of the memoranda that that, uh, followed. Um, but obviously, this would not be something that um, the designers of the first memorandum wished to happen. And so the appropriate person should be found who, with specific statistical adjustments to the deficit of all 2009, would confirm the validity of Papadreou's deficit forecast in April 2010 and fully justify our entry into the first memorandum. This is what I wanted. Furthermore, in order to avoid any controversies with, uh, um, with the rest of the board that could endanger their plan, it was decided to neutralize not only the dissidents in the board, okay, but the whole of the Elstad's board. As a result of all three uh, unlawful actions, uh, three or four, <laughs> I don't even remember how many, the first memorandum was legitimized the door opened by the second, uh, you know, for the second and the worst uh, memorandum, uh, and uh, obviously the rest of the memoranda that followed, and for the austerity measures that have been going on since then. Therefore, 
it's perhaps wrong to say that the first memoranda was you do your you. Uh, it's more appropriate to say that all memoranda uh, and their relevant medieval austerity measures that we still have on our backs are actually due to your you. Um, third, the third myth. Um, um, since Eurostat has approved your use practices and figures, they must be right. Correct. Um, they must be correct. But would it be possible for Eurostat not to approve the statistics, these uh, statistics provided by your you and the methods of administration he was using? It was Eurostat uh, director himself, Mr. Randemacher, who gave orders to your you as to what data to add to the deficit. Correspondence has been revealed which shows to uh, shows um, um, from Rademacher to your you uh, how to add uh, to the four year the, this, this how to add this this uh, uh, amount of debt that incurred by the Semitic swaps. Remember, we, we we talked about it. How to add it in the four year deficits until 2001. Uh, prior to the expiry date, as we previously explained. And although no European regulation existed at the time that would allow this. Uh, but anyway, they, they, they added this to the total fiscal data, economic uh, deficit uh, debt that we had in the four years uh, from 2006 to 2009. And also... It was the permanent representative of Eurostat at Elstat, Mr. Snorrison, who, with the assistance of uh, Eurostat's legal advisor, Mr. Samuelson, who advised ERU on how to change Elstat's founding law in order to turn Elstat into a one-man authority. So it's not surprising, therefore, that uh, Eurostat approved the practices, the deficit figures of the uh, figures of your year. Uh, of course, but uh, that does not mean they, they, they were correct. And the final uh, myth that I wanted to to mention uh, is that uh, they're saying your you applied all proper European regulations. Uh, on the contrary, most European regulations and Eurostat's own criteria for the deficit the debt calculation were violated by your EU and his advisors from Eurostat in order to justify the unjustifiable integration uh, of deficits of many public utilities in the 2009 deficit, something that uh, uh, requires um, a thorough study of uh, several months for its public utility. You can't just uh, decide to include the the deficit of a utility in the, in the public debt. Uh, you need a thorough study, several months, even six months. So what kind of proper European regulations did your, you actually apply? Uh, I wonder. Uh, no one knows. We are on the air with Nikos Logothetis, former board member of the Greek statistical authority Elstat, here on the Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos interview series. 
What is plainly evident is that there is a very extensive and very powerful network of support for Andreas Georgiou, a network which includes powerful media voices, major politicians and political figures, major centers of power and influence, and decision-making. How can such a powerful and seemingly unified network of political and media forces even be countered by the Greek people? Indeed, Georgiou's support network perhaps composed of uh, high-ranking political executives, uh, domestic and foreign, okay, is indeed powerful. Uh, but no matter how much influence this network can have on the political affairs of Greece, uh, I think it is not in a position to influence the Greek justice system, which I consider uh, impartial. Uh, the fact that the case has reached up to the level of Supreme Court, which uh, Supreme Court has so far justified many of our objections and appeals against the EU, uh, gives us the hope that uh, ultimately the systemic power network uh, that exists uh, uh, supporting him uh, can be successfully dealt with. Um, you see, at the end of the day, our justice uh, system, perhaps the only irreproachable institution in our country, uh, seems to have borne the burden of this matter. Um, uh, but I believe that uh, the truth will soon be revealed, um, no matter how many powerful political and media forces try to impose uh, an acquittal verdict for traitors. What are the judicial cases which are still outstanding regarding the Elstad case and Andreas Yuriyu? What are the charges which Yuriyu is still facing? And what is your expectation regarding the outcome of these cases? Well, uh, most importantly, the case of the false inf 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 inflation of the data and of the breach of duty by Yuriyu are crimes of public document forgery and the violation of law respectively. Um, as I have already said, Georgiou uh, was convicted uh, of one uh, and the more important accusation of three related to the breach of duty, that of the publication of 2009-2009 deficit figures without the approval of the Elstad board. Uh, however, he has been acquitted for the other two, as we said before, the duplication of his appointment in IMF and Elstad for the non-convening of the board. Uh, but we have applied against these two verdicts of innocence for the breach of duty. Um, and we hope that the Supreme Court will decide to repeat this, uh, the trial for these two related charges. Uh, but um, the most important judicial case we're waiting for is for the felony of inflating the deficit, uh, something that, as I said before, um, had as a result the legalization of the first memorandum, the imposing of the second and worse memorandum, and the justification of the cumbersome austerity measures. Uh, um, this, um, uh, this is the time when these measures were imposed. Um, obviously under the excuse that otherwise we will not be able to repay the related loan agreement. Um, if this uh, affair reaches the trial courts, we certainly expect your year to be convicted because the evidence we have against him is irrefutable and undeniable. Um, this is what your use uh, supporters know. 
And that's why they push as hard as they can to prevent the case from reaching uh, the High Court of Justice. We are speaking with Nikos Logothetis, former board member of the Greek statistical authority Elstat, here on the Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos interview series. In what way do you believe the verdicts which will be reached by the Greek justice system concerning the Elstat and EODU cases impact the future of Greece and particularly with regard to the austerity politics and memorandums which are being imposed and the non-serviceable public debt of Greece? Yeah, I agree with you that the Greek debt um, is non-serviceable. Um, even if we ever get away from the memoranda, we don't get free from uh, the related loan agreement. And we will continue to be under supervision by EU until we pay we pay 75% of our debt, something impossible for the next 60 years. Uh, if, however, as we hope, there is uh, going to be an uh, irrevocable conviction of your yield for the act of inflating the deficit figures, this will prove that we were imposed all these medieval memoranda using false figures, which gives Greece the right to claim compensation from the European Union for the damage we suffered in the years, uh, the last seven years for the financial crisis. And uh, Article 340 of the Treaty for the Functioning of the European Union gives us the right to, to claim this, uh, uh, this compensation. And we have even estimated the financial loss since your use, uh, your use at foot in Greece, a cost that uh, may well exceed 210 billion euros. Um, a compensation of this level will certainly overturn the distressing economic uh, situation we're experiencing today. Um, however, I emphasize again that uh, a necessary condition is an in irrevocable in uh, conviction of Georgiou regarding the felony, uh, the felony of inflating the deficit figure. Um, and what about these instigators who used Georgiou to carry out the, their um, treacherous plan? Even Grigoris Peponis, the impeccable investigator who proposed the criminal prosecution of Georgiou in the first place, uh, had suggested that uh, the possible existence of certain instigators within the Greek and European political system who directed your on what to do uh, have to be taken into consideration. Uh, these are the ones who don't want the case to reach an open court hearing. The ones who are so desperate for the acquittal of your EU as early as possible in order to cover their own involvement in the above crime. Uh, because they are well aware that um, we have evidence of their unlawful uh, interventions in inflating the deficit, but also in transforming Elstat from an independent authority into a one-man authority. Uh, if the Supreme Court sends Yeriel for trial in the High Court of Justice, all his supporters know that this will mean a certain conviction for him. Okay? Their support not work will then collapse. And they will be found accused, themselves accused, of betrayal against their homeland and uh, of crimes against its uh, citizens. Um, our country will then automatically pass from an underprivileged position of a beggar 
to the strong position of a challenger, okay, on the basis of specific articles of the treaty of the functioning of the you know, European Union itself. As far as we're concerned, uh, we don't really care about the strict or no strict punishment of Andreas Georgiou, who is now a pensioner of the IMF. Uh, what interests us is to prove his guilt and to remove the injustice that has been committed against Greece through the false inflation of public debt and deficit of 2001, uh, 2009. And to also prove the criminal involvement of European Commission and Eurostat. Uh, this will only be done when the case is referred to an open court hearing in which Eurostat and EU will have to be present in order to testify under oath uh, whether or not they have falsely inflated the statistical figures of Greece and the reasons they did so. Um, I do not know when and if this will happen sometime uh, and how many battles we have to give from now on um, in order to achieve this. Um, some say that, uh, some tell us that there's no point in continuing to fight as it seems that with such a front of support for your EU by strong decision centers, uh, the battle has already been judged against us. Um, we reply that if we stop fighting, there will be simply no other battle, something we don't want. Um, because uh, let's not forget what uh, Brecht, uh, Bertolt Brecht said once, uh, if you keep trying for something, you may fail. If you stop trying, you have already failed. Before we wrap up and looking at the situation in Greece today and the economic claims that are being made by the Greek government uh, that the country has returned to economic growth and that Greece has turned the corner, do you believe that the Greek statistical figures today are credible or are they perhaps still being manipulated? Unfortunately, uh, statistical figures have always been exploited by any government in power so far in Greece. Um, we have seen this happen uh, with the alchemies of swaps in order to get into the Eurozone, I remember. Um, by the way, I wish we never got into the Eurozone in the first place. Our economy was not in a position to handle such a strong and competitive currency. But anyway, um, we saw another exploitation of the statistical figures of the deficit uh, this time. Um, they became the reason for an economic crisis of the past seven years. Um, I cannot say what is happening these days with the statistical figures. Uh, I'm not in Elstat. Um, uh, but anyway, we will find, um, we'll find out sooner or later what will happen. The, the truth always comes out. For any case of mishandling of the statistical figures, uh, we've seen this happening. Uh, but um, as long as there is no reliable team to correctly manage the handling of the statistical data in the Greek statistical authority, I'm afraid we should, get, we should again expect uh, irregularities and uh, alchemies uh, of uh, the statistical data, unfortunately. Well, Mr. Logothetis, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today here on Dialogos Radio and the Dialogos Interview Series, and for sharing your insights with us today. Best of luck with your continued efforts. Thank you very much, Mr. Nevrodakis. I'll be glad to hear from you again. <laughs>